Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome in to Best on the Board presented by BetMGM. It is Friday, March 11th. We are into the weekend portion of Championship Week. What a Championship Week. It has already been filled with buzzer beaters. Some of those buzzer beaters, buzzer beaters winning championships and automatic bids to the tourney. Some of them just moving teams to the next round. Some of those are teams that desperately need a win or two in their conference tournament to get an at-large bid. So it has already been an unbelievable front half of championship week. Excited for the back half that we have coming our way over these next three days that, of course, culminates on Sunday, not only with a handful of championship games, but Selection Sunday and the reveal of the 68-team bracket. I am Michael Beller here with you on this episode of Best on the Board. I am joined by our own bracket meister here at the Athletic, Brian Bennett, putting together your own 68-team field. Uh, really quick before we get into today's show, Brian, anything uh, that we should know going into the weekend as it relates to the bracket? What have you changed? What are you watching for this weekend? What do you got on your mind as a bracket guy going into this weekend? Yeah, just an incredible uh, developments yesterday uh, in, in the field. And, you know, the bubble has expanded. It looked earlier in the week like we maybe only had a couple spots up for grabs, and it's really grown, with, especially with Oklahoma beating Baylor, Indiana beating Michigan. I now have both those teams in. You know, Virginia Tech playing today against North Carolina still has a chance to get get in. I think the A-10 could still steal a bid with VCU. And uh, it's really it's going to be pretty fun for those last couple of bids. And then at the top, you know, with Baylor losing, I think that opens the door a little bit for for maybe Kansas getting back up there, maybe Kansas and Baylor, maybe the SEC champs. So a lot of things still up in the air with just just a couple of days left. Yeah, it's absolutely a crazy time of year. A topsy-turvy championship week has uh, made your job a little bit harder going into the weekend, but uh, the job of the college basketball fan just to sit back, relax, and watch everything, certainly a little bit more fun. Uh, Indiana, we're not going to be able to get them in. They start actually 10 minutes after you and I uh, have started recording this episode, but a huge game for them, of course, against Illinois in the Big Ten quarters. We will talk about a couple of those teams that you just mentioned. However, let's get things started. We're going to look mostly at the evening sessions on Friday for this episode because, as I said, some of these games are starting in 10 or 30 or whatever minutes, so we're going to focus mostly on the evening sessions we're talking games that start 5 30 p.m 6 p.m eastern or later so let's jump in right now brian let's start with duke and miami in the acc duke eight and a half point favorites in this game 148 and a half the total between these two teams miami won at cameron back in january uh so this uh this line uh you know feels fair to me uh even with duke you know sort of being up and down over these last two games, we all remember the Coach K uh, final regular season game, and then yesterday really had to fight it out before finally pulling away from Syracuse. Uh, what are you looking at with these two teams getting together? Yeah, I don't, I don't know what Duke we're getting. That, that's kind of yeah. the problem. You know, toward the end of the season, uh, they started to look really good in the last three or four regular season games before the Carolina game. Then they lost that obviously by thirteen, and you know you can kind of chalk that up maybe to, to nerves and emotions and all that stuff. But then to go out yesterday and really trail Syracuse most of the game being down by yeah. seven at one point in the second half without Buddy Bayheim on the floor uh, really makes you wonder, you know, it's a young team, not a lot of tournament experience because they didn't make it last year, even for some of the guys who came back. So maybe there's just some nerves being in the postseason, uh, but I don't know what Duke to expect. I, I do think that Miami matched up pretty well with Duke last time because they spread the floor so well with, with all those guards and Duke is so big and, and not exactly – they can't really go small, and so uh, Miami mm -hmm. was able to exploit that. So I, th I think I like Miami's chances of keeping this one close. You know, that Miami was kind of my my spoiler pick in the ACC as it yep. was, and uh, 
you know, a little bit more to play for than Duke. But again, if, if Duke comes out firing on all cylinders, it doesn't take what 32 threes like they did yesterday <laughs> for no reason at all with all that size. Uh, you know, they have a good chance of winning this game by double digits, but I just don't trust them right now. Yeah, I'm right, I'm right there with you. This, uh, from a betting perspective, this is a very easy stay away for me because I don't trust Duke. But as you said, they could come out firing in all cylinders and win this game by 20. And it feels like we're going to get an all cylinders game from Duke eventually, right? Like they're not going to just lose this game to Miami and then, you know, go quietly into that good night in the, in the NCAA tournament. We're going to get an all cylinders game from them sooner rather than later, I think. And so I just want to stay away from this game. Uh, Miami squeaking Boston college uh, yesterday in the ACC tournament. So this is just, I mean, this is a big game for this Miami team. Obviously we know that this is uh, this is one that they can hang their hat on if they could pull it off, but it's an easy, easy stay away. I really want nothing to do with it from a gambling perspective. You say you think Miami could keep it close to you. Is it enough for you to want to get on board with the eight and a half? Maybe. I think I might like the over better. I kind of, yeah. I, I don't, I don't see Miami as a very good defensive team, you know, 153 in Kempom. And while Duke can, you know, at times be really good defensively. Uh, again, I think the way Miami plays with, you know, spreading the floor so much, I think it's going to be hard for Duke to really shut them down. So uh, what do we got the over under here at 148.5? I, yep. I, I think, I'll, I think I would take the over in this game before I would take the spread. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's an easy stay away of a game for me. So I hear you on that. The next game that we're going to talk about, however, is one that I do want to bet. In fact, I've already made this bet earlier this morning. <laughs> Villanova, two and a half point favorites against UConn. One thirty one and a half is the total on this game. I like Villanova. I, I've made this bet. Villanova minus two and a half. We know UConn can rebound the ball very well. We know that they can make life tough on offenses. Uh, but Villanova shooting uh, is going to be is the difference maker for me, not only in just how I look at these teams, but in how I think they can bring that to bear against what UConn does so well defensively. I still think that Villanova's outside shooting uh, is something that they can do well against this UConn team and will be the difference maker in this game in the Big East tournament tonight. So I like UConn, or excuse me, I like Villanova minus two and a half. Well, I'm glad that we don't agree on everything. That'd be a pretty boring podcast. But I, I'm going to go with UConn here. I just I love the way they looked yesterday against uh, uh, in in the tournament, their tournament opener yesterday against Seton Hall, mm-hmm. and uh, and I just think that they're playing really well at this point. Uh, we saw them beat Villanova at home you know, about a couple of weeks ago. Yep. I think they do match up well with their size. Sonogo inside. That's one thing Villanova has always lacked is, is that size inside, that rebounding and. You know, I love seeing all those UConn fans at MSG. It's just it feels like you know we're back to the way it, it should be. Right. All those all those years where Connecticut was playing in like Dallas or whatever for the AAC tournament, right. uh, it just felt so so wrong. Uh, and then when they're back in the MSG with all that all those fans, uh, they seem to be right at home and have really done well in this event over the years. But uh, that's really neither here nor there. Just something I enjoy seeing. But I I, I think UConn is is playing for something here a little bit uh, to improve their seed uh, to prove something. Uh, whereas Villanova is pretty much locked into that two-three line, um, and I just I, I I like the way UConn's playing right now. I like the way they're trending, and I I think at the very least they can keep this to within two and a half. Yeah, you know the the thing that if if my narrative for this game, my preconceived narrative of how this game plays out, if there's a if there is something that you know maybe gives me a little bit of concern, it's that in that game where UConn you know went into Philly and knocked off Villanova. 
you, Villanova still shot it pretty well from behind the arc in that game. 12 for 27 in that game. So, I mean, you'll take 12 for 20. You'll sign up for that pregame every day, every day of the week. You're getting 12 threes. Uh, you're shooting 44% from behind the arc. You're going to feel pretty good about your chances in a game like that. You do that at home, and they still lose that game. So that is we, – we've seen UConn weather Villanova's shooting storm and come out with the win. We've already seen it this season. It was not even very long ago that we saw them do that. But I still keep coming back to – Villanova's offense being so repeatable, it's so bankable. And this is not, you know, th- this is this team doesn't quite measure up to the Villanova championship teams. But one thing we've seen since they've turned that corner and become this annual powerhouse that Jay Wright has built them into is that they seem to do offensively, whatever it is that they do well offensively, they, they can bring that almost every single night. It is hard to stop Villanova from doing what it wants to do on the offensive end of the floor. Now, you can maybe have a better night offensively than they do and beat them. You can, you know, maybe keep them from playing an A plus game and you hold them to a B plus game and you beat them, but their offense just feels so bankable night in and night out. And that's what ultimately gets me to their side of this game. And I like that we've seen them play multiple ways. We've seen them win high scoring game. We've seen them win low scoring games. You know, this is a, a pretty strong defensive game on both sides of it. That's why you see such a low total. Ultimately, all of that has me pointed back at Villanova here in this one. And this is a bet I made pre, pre-tournament also for them to win the tournament. One of the only fav- the only favorite I bet on uh, as a future, just because I love the way that they match up with the rest of this conference. Well, sure. Yeah, Villanova is Villanova. They're, they never beat themselves. They play mm-hmm. at, a, at a very controlled pace. They don't turn the ball over. And they've just got incredible, probably the best point guard in America and Colin yep. Gillespie, just so steady. He doesn't make mistakes. So, yeah, it's, it's hard to bet against them in any setting. Uh, but so, you know, it's, I mean, I'm probably wrong here, but I just, uh-huh. there's something about the way UConn is playing right now that, that, uh, gives me some confidence, uh, and, and yeah, we'll see how it goes, but it's going to be a great game and I can't wait to watch it. All right, let's throw things over to the Mountain West Conference where we had just an unbelievable quarterfinal round setting up what should be a really fun semifinal round. And let's go through both of those games back to back here. Let's start with Boise State and Wyoming. Boise State, two and a half point favorites, 128 and a half is the total in this game. And that's that's life in the Mountain West. We are going to see <laughs> low total. It's defense. It is grinders. It is low totals. The uh, other total is even lower than the 128 and a half we're getting in Boise and Wyoming. I lean Boise in this matchup, but I don't want to bet it. I just, I just, I hate that Wyoming for them having to be a team that pulls a mini upset, doesn't really rebound the ball very well offensively and doesn't force turnovers. Those are obviously formulas, things that you like to see go into an upset formula without Wyoming doing that. I think Boise can control this game. How are you looking at this matchup? Yeah, I like Boise here. You know, I think defensively they've been so stout, uh, you know, really good offensive rebounding team as well. Uh, you know, and I, they, they lost the game in Laramie, but nobody was really winning in Laramie this year. Right. But uh, yeah, you know, as you mentioned, every single one of those games last night came down to the wire. San Diego State pulled away a little bit in the, in the very last one, but that was an absolute rock fight of a game. And uh, so it's, it's kind of hard for me to, to bet these games just thinking that they're all going to go down to the last possession. But I, I, I like the way Boise's playing a little bit better than Wyoming, which got, got the win it needed yesterday against UNLV, although they gave up a three that could have, could have tied the game there and almost went in. Uh, but they've kind of been fading here a little bit down the stretch. And I think just them getting to the quarters probably gets them, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. to the semis gets them in the NCAA tournament. Uh, but, but I think Boise is kind of on a mission here. I just don't see them being able to win this game without like a singular performance from one of uh, Maldonado or Grammy Gay, if not both of them. 
I mean, I, I think you really have to have, I think, an overwhelmingly great game out of one or both of those guys if they're going to win this game. And just with, as you said, with the way Boise's defense is rolling, I think that they can. I think they can keep a little bit of a control, keep a handle on how this game goes. I like Boise, but definitely not betting. Yeah, and you know, Wyoming's not a great three-point shooting team necessarily. Yeah. Uh, like a lot of post-ups, and uh, you know, I think Boise's so good defensively, they can take some of that away. So. I don't know if I'm going to bet it. <laughs> I would bet it. I mean, uh, not yeah. that I am betting anything, but uh, it's, uh, you know, just, I can definitely see this coming down to, to the last shot. And, and it is, to, in my, for my money, it's been the most fun conference tournament so far. And, and that's yeah. kind of how I figured it would be going. Through. Yeah. It's been a ton of fun. And I think we're going to see that uh, played out in the remaining three games in that conference. The other side of the bracket features San Diego state and Colorado state, San Diego state, one and a half point favorite, one twenty four and a half the total on this one. I like Colorado State, Brian. This is another bet that I've gotten in this morning. Um, I actually got it. No, I did get it at one and a half also, and that's what it is on BetMGM. What gives me pause about my Colorado State bet? Well, obviously, Colorado State, Just if you're going to just boil it down to the very, 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 very simple way of looking at this game, Colorado State, you know, the best offense in this conference, according uh, to uh, Ken Palm, San Diego State, the best defense in this uh, conference, and the number two defense uh, overall in the country on Ken Palm trailing only Texas Tech. So, you know, the very simple way to look at this is Colorado State's offense against San Diego State's defense. And so what could I be concerned about? Well, the fact that uh, in the two regular season games between these teams, Colorado State, the offensive team, scored 49 and 58 points. The 58 was good enough to get a win in that one. But that is what gives me a little bit of pause. I still look at David Roddy. I think he can. I think they can create the sorts of opportunities for him that gets the offense going into the 60s. And if you get into the 60s, that's going to be enough to win this game. Yeah, that game where they scored, uh, where they won, they only had only scored 0.85 points per possession. It was ugly. Um, yeah, and then the other game they lost by 30, and they scored 0.73 points per possession. So when you're talking about it, a great offensive team going against a great defensive team. I usually lean toward the great defensive team. Sure. Um, and San Diego State can really just strangle the life out of people. I mean, they gave up 46 associated Fresno. Fresno's a good defensive team too, but we, we've seen uh, we've we've seen San Diego State do this all year long. Number two in the country, adjusted defensive efficiency. And you know, San Diego State was my pick going in yeah. uh, to the uh, conference tournament, so I got to stick with them. I might lean toward the under here, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though it's so low. It's ridiculously low, one twenty four point five. But I can definitely see this game being being in the fifties. Yeah, the, the last time these teams played, we said right fifty eight, fifty seven. That's comfortably under this. The first time they played, it did go over, but that was largely because of a uh, somewhat uncharacteristic seventy nine point performance from San Diego <laughs> State, yeah. holding Colorado State to forty nine in that game. So uh, if I were gonna pl- if I were gonna touch the uh, the total, it would certainly be the under this is just again I'm just going to sit back and watch these games uh other than having the Colorado State bet because this should be again uh, you know it's it's not going to remind you of uh you know what we see necessarily in the SEC uh this season it's not going to be that style of basketball but it's going to be I think a pretty fun style uh, of basketball if the first couple days of this tournament are any indication for what we're getting we're going to see all these teams dancing for sure so uh, get your eyeballs on the Mountain West uh today and tomorrow when the championship game comes to us all right, Brian. Let's go. Let's let's go over to the Big Twelve. Let's talk Texas Tech and Oklahoma. As you said, Oklahoma 
back in your tournament picture, correct? After the uh, after the the upset victory over Baylor, now they get what is a brutal matchup against Texas Tech. Tech favored by seven and a half, one twenty six and a half is the total here. I'm staying away from a betting perspective. I do lean Tech. I imagine, given that you picked Tech to win this tournament before it started, that's the direction you're going to. Yeah, got to got to stick with them, and uh, certainly they didn't do anything yesterday to dissuade me from that. Oh, Seventy-two God. to forty-one over Iowa State. Wow. Well, that's just a big wow. We've seen Iowa State obviously, you know, fade here down the stretch, but my goodness, 72 to 41 over a team that's definitely going to the NCAA tournament. That that is something else. So, you know, we did see Oklahoma beat Texas Tech, you know, by 15 uh, in, in Norman. Uh, I don't know, you know, I'm not sure Texas Tech was super healthy at that point, uh, but still they've shown the ability to do it. That was one of the craziest games of the year. I think we, I think we might have. I think I might have made that a lock here on this this year podcast we were, for Texas we, Tech. <laughs> we were both on Texas Tech in that one. Yeah, so that goes to show you what I know. But uh, I think Oklahoma's probably in, even if they lose this game. Uh, depends on what happens elsewhere. They could get knocked out by a bit thief or two. But, you know, it's hard to ignore their, their win over Texas Tech and beat Arkansas and, of course, beat Baylor uh, in that Big 12. So I, I like Texas Tech here a lot. Seven and a half is a, is a bit much for me. Yep. But uh, – if I had forced to choose, I, I would probably go ahead and lay it. Yeah, that's what I would do too. But abstain away. It's just it's a touch too much. A touch, touch, touch too much. Um, I, I the the they're, the way that their defense can just suffocate an offense. I want if I'm going to go against Texas Tech's defense, I'm going to want to feel really good about the offense. And that's just even with what Oklahoma did to them, what about a month ago? Uh, it's just it, it's not the offense that I want to be trusting to be able to go possession for possession with Texas Tech. It's a stay away from me, a lean, however, if I were forced to pick one direction on Texas Tech. Uh, how about North Carolina and Virginia Tech? This is another one that I do want to play. It's I want to play Virginia Tech. North Carolina favored by two and a half, 140 and a half the total in this game. I like Virginia Tech catching the two and a half. Uh, obviously, they squeaked by just a couple of days ago to stay in the ACC tournament. Now they're here into the semifinals. Uh, I like this matchup for them. Uh, they played uh, UNC twice in the uh, regular season. They lost both of those games. But this is a team that really, really depends on its three-point shooting. In one of those games, they shot decently enough, seven for 18. That's right about their season average. I would like to see them shoot more threes than the 18, just given the way that they scored the ball. The second loss to UNC, five for 26 from behind the arc. That was the game at home. You go five for 26, you're any team, you're not going to be looking good. You're a team that really needs the three-pointer to score. You're going to lose for sure. And I just feel like that's anomalous. I don't think this is UNC's defense forcing the issue. I think that's just an anomalous, bad three-point shooting night. I think we see them shoot the ball better tonight, and they win this game against uh, uh, UNC straight up. I will happily take the two and a half, though. Well, Virginia Tech was my Cinderella here. I've got three Cinderellas alive. So yeah, look at you. Texas A&M, Colorado. They're probably all go out today, but, you know, feel pretty good about that. Uh, for some bombers I picked uh, – I like North Carolina here. Uh, you know, I, you mentioned they, they played twice, and North Carolina beat them both times. Uh, beat them, you know, fairly handily. It wasn't wasn't like a one possession yeah. game either time. Oh, yeah, and and that was back when North Carolina really couldn't beat anybody, uh, <laughs> any quality teams whatsoever. And, and some sort of flip uh, switch seems to have been flipped for the Tar Heels. Maybe uh, beating, the, I think Kyle Tucker put it, stealing Coach K's soul has somehow energized him. Mm-hmm. And turn them into some sort of super weapon. I mean, they looked fantastic yesterday. Brady Manick outscoring Virginia by himself in the first half. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't know what it is. Is I've been really down on this North Carolina team all year long, even though they've had talent. I just didn't think they showed a lot of heart or toughness. And now they seem to be turning it on at the right time. If you're going to do it, now is the time. And 
you know, Virginia Tech absolutely needs us. I've got them as my second team out of the field right now. A win here might put them in or at least keep them in, in better shape. But I just think it's a bad matchup for them. Uh, I think North Carolina is, is just has more talent across the floor. And the way North Carolina is playing right now, uh, I'm going to I'm going to take the, take the Tar Heels. They're certainly going to have to shoot it well. They're the number four team in terms of three point percentage in the country at 38.9. According to Ken Palm, they get uh, 38.2% of their points on threes. That's 29th most in the country. I mean, again, this is a team that has to shoot it very well to win. And so, I don't know, you combine that with the with the urgency that they should have. And I mean, I think Virginia Tech should go into this game thinking, we got to shoot 22 threes. We got to, you know, if we're going to win this game, we're going to have to shoot a lot of threes. We're going to have to make a lot of threes. Like that is how we beat a team that frankly is just more talented than us. They're a better team than us and they're more talented than us. We're going to have to shoot it very well from behind the arc. And so not only well, but the volume. And that's what like that seven for 18 game, the percentage is fine. But if you're going to, if you're going to be a Virginia tech and you're going to beat a team that is very obviously more talented than you, you have to shoot a lot of threes. You have to make a lot of threes. So that's what I want to see from them. I want to see 22, 23, 24 attempted threes out of Virginia Tech tonight. If they do that, and they're making them at a 38 to 40% clip, I think they go ahead and win this game. That makes me comfortable enough to take the two and a half points and Virginia Tech. Uh, one more game here, Brian. Let's wrap this up with a look in the Pac-12, UCLA and USC. UCLA, five and a half point favorites, 134 and a half the total on this game. What's the first thing that jumps out at you in this matchup? Yeah, I just want to add one more thing on Virginia Tech. Is it's, I think I think the way to beat North Carolina is to be physical with them. Uh, they, they're not a team that has shown a lot of toughness this year. And Virginia Tech, one of the worst teams in the country, getting to the free throw line. So yeah. I, I think uh, you know they like to play up tempo and and then spread it out, just like UNC. And I just think they don't have as much talent. You, so let's go to UCLA USC. Uh, I like the way UCLA looked yesterday. Uh, they controlled that game, start to finish against Washington State. Feel like maybe they're they're finally healthy and, and all kind of connected now. It's been kind of a lot of start and stops with them, and you know they just beat USC uh, by seven at home a week or so ago. Uh, I, I like UCLA a lot here. They're, they were my pick to win the, the Pac-12 tournament, and if we get a UCLA Colorado game, I'm never going to stop crowing about it to you. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I uh, you know I just think UCLA has just got a lot more talent than yeah. than USC does. USC's got a lot of size uh, and it has had a great season, even though they don't have a ton of big wins. But uh, and they did beat UCLA, obviously, uh, when they were at home. But uh, just, you know, UCLA finally snapped that losing streak mm -hmm. to them. And I just, uh, yeah, I, I like UCLA a lot here. I mean, five and a half just doesn't seem like a whole lot to me. I think, I think they'll cover it with ease. What do you think? Yeah, after a fair amount of disagreement on this episode, we wrap things up with a strong agreement. I am totally with you on UCLA and with Kirk Creesa, you know, over on the other side of the bracket, beating nursing the ankle injury now. I think UCLA does indeed win this uh, conference tournament. Um, this is just, I mean, USC, again, this is another game where the, the talent disparity is is pretty easy to see if you watch these teams. And that's not, that's not a knock on USC. That's just a reality and really more a building up of what UCLA has. If USC is going to win this game, I think if USC is even going to keep this game close, that big front line that they have really needs to dominate the game. And, and I just don't we, – we haven't seen enough evidence of them doing that consistently against the better teams that they've played. And, you know, to be fair, there haven't been a ton of, quote, better teams that they've played. Uh, but we just haven't seen them do that really at all this season with enough consistency to feel good about them going into a neutral floor matchup with UCLA. I don't know why it suddenly starts tonight. So I'm totally with you. I think UCLA's just overwhelming talent carries them uh, to a, a victory and a relatively comfortable one in this game. So, yes, I'm with you. I feel good. And it feels good. It feels good to end on a little bit of agreement. 
<laughs> That's right. Well, usually when we agree, we're both wrong. So, uh, <laughs> you know, the one thing I would say is, boy, betting on these conference tournaments is kind of a fool's errand because, as we've seen, you've got a lot of teams that are just desperate. They're desperate, but they play loose <laughs> because they almost, uh-huh. you know, and some teams like Boston College, for example, which just had nothing to lose, not much to play for either, and they just come out bombing and almost, you know, almost made it to the semis. So, uh, you know, a lot of other games going overtime. Uh, so you just don't know. I think once we get to the semifinal round mm-hmm. that uh, we'll get back to a little bit of, you know, more normal results. But uh, that's not guaranteed. There's there's always crazy things that happen this time of year, uh, especially in these this championship week. So be be warned if you want to if you want to gamble on this stuff yep. that, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of crazy, wacky things happen. A lot of crazy, wacky things happening. Certainly, we've got uh, plenty of bubble teams who are cheering for Kentucky to beat Vanderbilt, who are cheering for Purdue to beat Penn State. Just a couple of the games that have some potential bid thieves lurking that we couldn't get into this episode of Best on the Board. Just shows you how much we have going on this Friday evening and the rest of this weekend leading up to Selection Sunday. That's going to do it for this episode of Best on the Board. For Brian, I am Michael Beller. Thanks so much for listening. Good luck tonight. Good luck this weekend. Happy betting. Next time we talk to you, we are going to have the 2022 NCAA Tournament Bracket in our hands. Sounds too good to be true, but it is true, my friends. We'll talk to you soon.